0: Today we'll be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and we'll be discussing artificial sweeteners. This is Doctor versus comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment, and I question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic from medicine and health and grills me on that topic. Today, we'll be discussing the new Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. And we'll be discussing the controversy surrounding artificial sweeteners. Are these two topics related, Ali? I'm going to say you will find a way. You will find exactly. a way to relate Well, in fact, spoiler, Ali and I actually saw a movie together, which was this movie. I was visiting Toronto. And you drank a Diet Coke in the theater. There we go. That's not what happened, but I could have. I certainly drank a Diet Coke around you that weekend, right? That is, without a doubt, something that occurred. So that's how we're connecting it. There was sugary snacks and salty snacks consumed at the movies, but Ali and I haven't seen a movie together, I don't know, probably since we saw Back to the Future, maybe. There are a few movies we saw together, we saw Back to the Future. One of the Indiana Jones. We saw Indiana Jones. We saw E.T., as we've talked about. These are all things we've talked about in the podcast. We saw Condor Man. Do you remember Condor Man? Was that Michael Keaton? Who plays Condor Man? No. You're thinking of like Birdman. I'm thinking like of more Birdman. Recent I'm mixing up two things. Uh, this yes. was like a very old Disney kind of superhero type thing in the, in the late 70s, early 80s. I don't know why we saw that, but we did. Anyway, there's a couple other. We saw Superman 3 together. I mean, beggars couldn't be choosers back then, yeah? You're going to go see a movie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It was like one movie out. That was your choice. Superman 3 with Richard Pryor, if we people remember oh my that. Gosh. It's not a very good movie. No. Let's all I'll be honest here. Anyway, there's probably a few more that I'm forgetting, but- uh, A
1: more entertaining thing would be the behind-the-scenes stories about Richard Pryor on Superman on 3. Because that was a period of his life where he was pretty much out of his mind on drugs.
0: Yeah, and I think he was doing a lot of stuff for the cash, right? For doing movies yeah. for the cash, like not as good movies. Though he did some stuff with Gene Wilder. Some of those movies were a bit, were kind of fun, right? Hear
1: No Evil, See No Evil.
0: Yeah, I think we saw one of those too. I think so. I think we also saw Trading Places together, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, this is all getting off tracks because we're going to talk about a Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, in just one second. Okay, Ollie, let's get into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Very curious to get your thoughts on it. We haven't really talked about the movie since we saw it. We thought we'd save it for the podcast. We certainly got the feedback from our dumb kids, but we wanted to get each other's feedback for the podcast. So... Let's see, we'll try and avoid spoilers of what happens in the movie. We will do a spoiler alert towards the end of this section where we will talk about what happens in the movie and what this may mean for the future of the Guardians and the franchise.
1: I don't know how to describe my feelings about this movie without spoiling things. Well, we
0: can be brief. We can be brief. So we can... And there is something I do want to talk about, which is how this movie ended up getting made by the director James Gunn. So let's just talk about where we left off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, is this a spoiler? If I'm spoiling the like Infinity War Endgame, no. You know what?
1: If oh my god, those
0: aren't real fans at this point. You know, I'm I'm not a real super fan. Exactly, they've made billions of dollars, right? Like, if you haven't seen them, that's okay, but you can't get upset. So. Yeah, you can't get upset. So anyway, where we left the Guardians of the Galaxy is they were kind of hanging around with Thor for a little bit. They saved the world, but that As was As one does, yeah. Right. But Gamora did die in Infinity War and Endgame. So... It's how they're dealing with Gamora because she didn't really, she did die. But then if you guys have seen Avengers Endgame, Gamora from the past also comes and joins up with them. So this is a Gamora who doesn't have the experience of knowing the Guardians and having a relationship It's like a a fresh
1: take on a character with amnesia.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so how are they dealing with that? And that's basically where the movie starts. So, yeah. Okay. So why don't we talk about James Gunn before we get into the movie, Ali? Because I think this is the interesting part. So for people who don't know, James Gunn is the director of this movie in the before entire the,
1: franchise yeah one two and three he's done
0: one two and three correct and so before he got guardians of the galaxy volume one he was kind of like a smaller director he did a lot of kind of quirky humor dark humor horror kind of things but was really kind of known as a very he had a vision a visionary kind of director and definitely had his own sort of thoughts on, on what's going on so you know he took a lot of chances right he cast Chris Pratt in the role. He was really only known for Parks and Recreation.
1: As kind of a slob, to be honest, like he wasn't a super fit punk superhero. You don't, you know, his face, maybe his, you know. Jawline, but yeah, not his body, certainly. You don't think superhero when you see him. But
0: No, but I mean, he was a funny kind of scene stealer on the show. You know, he was just, at the beginning of the show, he was just Anne's kind of, you know, louse of a boyfriend. And then he became more and more integral to the, and uh, a lot of people's favorite character on the show, I would say. And then he also cast Dave Batista, the former professional wrestler. So he kind of had these quirky picks for, for the thing. And it, it really shouldn't have been... A big hit because it was a C-list or D-list superhero group. i never even heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy before the first movie. Didn't know who a lot of the characters were. And then you kind of get into that movie and it's hilarious. It's touching. It's action-packed. It was great. I think the sequel, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, was not quite as good. But it was still a fun movie. It was worth seeing. And nice seeing some of the other characters in it. And so, but then all wasn't positive then for James Gunn, eh, hey, Ali?
1: No, I wouldn't say so. And this is basically a conversation, you know, dancing around this idea of cancel culture as well. It's a very interesting kind of case study. If you even, you know, you leave this Marvel universe, it's just a case study in in sort of society. And it's interesting because basically James Gunn had some tweets. These tweets were about rape and pedophilia. These were his idea of jokes at the time. And what I never understood is that there were some conservative commentators, right? Mike Cernovich, his name comes up, who called for his firing. What do you think the agenda was there? What did James Gunn do to upset conservative commentators that they would spend their time going after him? Good point.
0: Good point. So first of all, these are very old tweets because this call for him to be fired was in 2018. Right. But the tweets were
1: like at the beginning of Twitter...
0: Yeah, I think they were two thousand eight around. I may be wrong about the time, but it was it was quite a long time ago when he was just kinda of starting out and, and you know, he even admits he thought he was being controversial and edgy and he realizes these were like not appropriate and uh, he thought he was making jokes that were outrageous and taboo and he's developed and matured as a human being and he's like that's not funny and I don't think that those are very funny but so he is very left-wing James Gunn I would say he has very similar sensibilities. as him and Dave Bautista who plays Drax in the movie very very left-wing kind of guys spoke out a lot against Trump and have their own opinions Chris Pratt I'm not quite sure where he falls he's definitely a very Christian person but I'm not quite sure where he falls on right-wing versus left-wing
1: Wherever he falls, Chris Pratt, I normally I would have said that's not really relevant, but it actually is because Chris Pratt became a huge
0: defender of right. James Gunn. So this is, I think, the key. So the right-wing kind of pundits, it was like Mike Cernovich and some of these other guys, super right-wing people. They're like, you know, our agenda, which they didn't publicize that they want, but they obviously want to get James Gunn fired from Disney because it's Disney and Marvel who are his employers. And the Walt Disney Studio chairman, Alan Horn, said, yep, these are offensive statements. They're uh, indefensible, inconsistent with their values. We've severed our relationship with them just based on these tweets. So I think when you're thinking about cancel culture, Ali, we have to think about who is doing the canceling. And what is their agenda? Are they really offended? These guys weren't offended by the jokes, these right-wing pundits who were coming out against James Gunn. Were the jokes offensive to some people? Quite possibly. I mean, I didn't actually see them, and I really have no interest in, you know, seeing his lame attempt at humor. But what was their agenda, right? Their agenda was, this a guy who's left-wing, who's critical of Trump, who's critical of the right-wing, and let's see if we can get him fired. And That's what happened. (laughs) They said it was a unanimous decision from Marvel and Walt Disney to fire him. Okay. So that's what happened. This is around July, 2018. So afterwards then guardians, cast members spoke up for him. There was like 300,000 signatures. That were from fans. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote an opinion piece on this idea of cancel culture as a whole, but using this as one of his examples. Sure. In
1: general, anything Kareem Abdul-Jabbar writes, you should read. I would say he's
0: yeah. It's, so it's, you don't think about that, right, yeah, right away. But it was. I remember when this came out. And I read it uh, about five years ago, and of course, all the stars, as you said, Pratt, Zoe Zaldana, Dave Batista, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Sean Gunn, who is the brother of James Gunn, Palm Clementief, I believe is how you say her name, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillian they all said, we support him, we th- want him reinstated as the director of Volume 3, because that was just about to start production. And in fact, I think it had started production. And, you know, the reaction was very interesting. Like, some people, like Dave Batista, who I mentioned, was like, you know, his quote on Twitter was, it's nauseating to work for someone who'd empower a smear campaign by fascist." Fascists, fascists
1: is the pronunciation of that word. And the someone... If it isn't clear, is Disney, is who he's talking about. Nauseating the work for Disney, basically.
0: You know, there's a really good Hollywood Reporter article, which we will link to, which talks about this, everything that happened, and now the new movie and how it came to be. And, you know, Chris Pratt and Zoe Sedan, but especially Chris Pratt, I think, is a bit more diplomatic. Maybe that comes from his Christianity. But he's like, okay, there's a way to get this done. So he was talking with the studio. He's like, well, you know, the script that James Gunn wrote, because he writes all his scripts... Was very good, so why don't we keep his script and then you can just hire a new director? And then that's, a, of course, Chris Pratt later says that's a bit of trickery, right? Because it's like, well, okay, so it's okay for you guys to use this guy's script. Yeah. So, but are you canceling him or are you not canceling? Uh, yeah, him? you don't cancel and, and his so work,
1: but he, you cancel him as a person. What are you really doing? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, so he knew that that was going on, and then you know, it's funny. All these things boil down to the bottom line with regards to money and competition, right? Because do you know what the straw that kind of broke the camel's back that allowed Marvel to rehire him? I don't think I do. So he was hired in mid-October 2018 to direct The Suicide Squad, which is a sequel to The Suicide Squad. And that is a DC... Right. Hopefully you know this. God, if you didn't. If my kids didn't know the difference between DC and Marvel... Maybe punishment time. I punishment think. for yourself uh, for being I mean, a bad father. Maybe that's right. Exactly. But <laughs> so you know, I, I, look, is the, is
1: I, I don't think we can expect people to all know that. You grew up. When you grew up, were you as a kid? You weren't like, no, I'm DC only or I'm Marvel only.
0: I time. was DC. I was. Were DC. You, yeah,
1: because of Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah or and the Teen Titans. Robin, which in
0: your case, Ali introduced you. Yeah. To, yes, because people recall Ali would always play Batman, so I had to play Robin when we.
1: You didn't have to you know, play around. As you kids. loved it.
0: Okay. Anyway, so I was more of a DC guy. My other friends were Marvel. Anyway, so it's a big thing, but you know, the big ones are Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman are DC, Iron Man, Spider-Man, etc., cetera. Hulk or Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy are Marvel. So they're competing studios, right? DC is owned by Warner Brothers. And so they're like, well, we don't have a problem with this. We know, DC is implying, we know this is just a smear campaign trying to discredit you. We don't have a problem with you as a person, James Gunn, so come on and direct The Suicide Squad for us. And then basically the day after that, they're like, no, no, you can come back and do uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume so Three. So he did both, uh, that's though. What,
1: he did do both. They didn't pull him did off both. Suicide Squad. Both. Yeah, right?
0: he did both. So that's basically what you know. Disney saw that. Okay, you know, now we're going to suffer. Our product is going to suffer yeah. because we're of this thing. And then they realized, okay, you know, we didn't really have to uh, kind of cancel. It him. was so, a good
1: moment, I think, for you know. I guess, common sense a little bit too, where it's like, look, as you said, let's first of all, understand whose agenda and what their agenda, you know, whose agenda this was to fire him and and what the agenda is. And also I think there's a lot to be said for personal growth. You know, 10-year-old tweets from a guy who was like, I don't know, that's what comedy is to so many people. Push the envelope, challenge things, make you think. And that's why comedians in this art form say things that are edgy and profane and offensive. It is to provoke, to be provocative, to be salacious, but also to challenge
0: and push the envelope. So To push forward, to push forward, because if not, the opposite of that, I think in comedy would be the hack jokes, the hacky jokes. Oh God, he's talking about, oh, my mother-in-law this really airplane food again. Who's pushing the envelope
1: forward? Lying in Mike Cernovich's bosom.
0: So and you can see there's a couple of little trivia pieces but they reinforce why James Gunn was so integral to this franchise. So I'll give you two examples. One is so Karen Gillan, I believe that's how you pronounce her yep. last name. So you, you gave her a polished. Gillian
1: earlier and I was going to correct you but I said yes, I'll let you flow yes, through Gillan. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I, I was doing like a Terry Gilliam but that's also or Gilligan. I mean there's many ways to There's uh, many to, things to going to wrong in this. your mind right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, or Vince Gilligan, who was um, creator of Breaking Bad. Hey, you why we, like to just why don't we abort the right?
1: episode we're doing and just do uh, it, names? <laughs> famous names that start with
0: Gill, huh? Yeah, perfect. Oh, Vince Gill, <laughs> Vince Gill, Johnny Gill, rub you the right way. It's my prerogative. No, that's Bobby Brown. That's Bobby Brown, United to, uh, United in... in, in, New Edition. edition. Did you see, by the way, New Edition on New Year's Eve this year? They play, they like, did, anyway. It wasn't (laughs) worth watching. Anyway, okay. Woo, this is really going for a sidetrack. So Karen Gillen, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name, as I said, she spoke as the character Nebula when she auditioned in her Scottish accent. So she's Scottish. You guys may have seen her in the Jumanji movies, the new Jumanji movies with Dwayne Johnson. Uh, She's in those ones. And she was just, it wasn't working. So he said, okay, do Marilyn Monroe meets Clint Eastwood. That's the character. And then she switched her accent to that, so an American kind of accent. That's so, is. that's and exactly that what is she does. exactly what she is. My my kids say that she scream whispers all the time. Rocket, stop doing that. Rocket. Right? Like, anyway, it's great. He's a great character. She's quite funny in this movie. And she actually takes on more of a, a role than, than Gamora does in the movie. The other interesting thing is, so this movie is really about the character of Rocket, who is a raccoon in the movie. And so he's you know, the computer-generated, obviously. It's a funny thing because I don't think if James Gunn was rehired, we would have had this movie focus on Rocket. Because he said when he was forced to leave, he said he was really sad because he couldn't complete this arc of Rocket. Because he thinks he's very close to that character. He thinks it's very similar to himself. Because, you know, he goes on the outside looking in, someone who's very gruff on the outside. But what led you to be a gruff kind of person? He's like, how could a Bugs Bunny-like character exist in the Marvel Universe? How is that even possible? He said, maybe he exists because he has the saddest story of all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think going back to the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I think Rocket's character was really the testament to the quality of this movie because i saw the picture of it i see a raccoon with a machine gun i'm immediately disinterested the same way i am not particularly interested in talking dragons and game of thrones type of stuff like it just i don't know it's just not it's not for me yes the dragons don't talk in game of thrones okay okay oh well who, where, do, where do we have talking dragons wait they don't talk that, they game of thrones that was all this time uh, uh, i wasted that was Flying dragons is what I'm trying to say. Not talking Oh, for God's sake. It's just like not my, you know, I didn't grow up playing dungeons and dragons. I don't have a connection to these things. And a little weird raccoon, a hybrid raccoon with a machine gun, it just, I don't know. I'm not into it. And the fact that he pulled me in within the first 15, 20 minutes, I was like, no, forget everything I thought. I kind of liked this movie. I like this character. What's Didn't even know it was Bradley Cooper till way after yeah, I saw exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that uh, That would have yeah. drawn me in, obviously. Uh, and
0: it's his brother, Sean God, who on set plays the character of Rocket. And then they do the CGI on top. And then Bradley Cooper does the voice in post-production afterwards. So I think we'll get into Rocket in a second, but maybe we'll save that for the spoilers. So. So, Just one thing I want to mention before we get to the the spoilers and our thought of it, and this is kind of unrelated, but it kind of wraps up this James Gunn portion. So James Gunn finished Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and then he was offered something huge, which is to be the cinematic mastermind behind the new DC Universe movies, because we all know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, very successful for billions of dollars. DC one, not as successful. There's, there's some hits, some misses, and they haven't been able to integrate things the way that they really want to. So they basically gave him carte blanche to do whatever he wants. So some of the characters are being recast, some aren't, but the main one is Superman. And he basically wanted to do a Superman movie, but he wants to respect the movies that have been made in the past, mainly I think Christopher Reeve movies, but yet how can he do something new? So he says, very interesting. He won't make it a comedy. He's going for a sincere superhero movie. And you would think based on James Gunn and his tweets and his old movies and even the first couple of Guardians of the Galaxy that this would not be possible. Yeah. But it is possible based on this movie, I think. You know,
1: it's interesting. For me, it's very important that I like a character in a movie. If I don't like a lead, I'm like, I'm out of here. You know, And my wife is always like, you know what? You watched 45 minutes of this. I'm like, I'm out. James Gunn is almost like a character himself now. He's become this character because of the storyline of him getting, you know, sort of the attempts to cancel him, him being brought back, the love and support that was from, you know, shown to him, the fact that, you know, DC was ready to work with him. So it's almost like he's become a character. And when he talks about making this Superman, I think years ago, I would have been like, I think I like the Superman in my head. I don't need to see another Superman. But it's like James Gunn's character. I'm ready to go on whatever journey
0: James Gunn right. goes you on. You want to see where he is going to take it, right? Exactly. Okay. So then, Ali, what did you think of this movie? We'll do non-spoilers, and then we'll do a spoiler. Can we just spoil now, for God's sake? Well, at least let the people who haven't seen the movie know what you thought about it. Like,
1: I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I almost wish I hadn't seen it in a theater. I don't think I was ready for I wish I'd seen, no, that's wrong. I wish I'd seen two or three other movies in a theater and then seen this.
0: Right, because you hadn't seen a movie I theater seen in a long movie, time.
1: I, don't, I think it's been three years. So I was just too kind of like, I don't know, hyper aware of my surroundings and thinking about mm-hmm. other things. And it just took me out of the movie a little bit, but I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And there was one thing in particular that I really liked yes. about it, and which I will we'll mention get, that which we'll get to.
0: Point. One minute, hold on. I have to say what I thought. <laughs> I too. Allow me to. Say I, I really like this movie. I think you said you I, loved I've it when probably, I turned to you and asked yeah. as we were walking out. of the Oh, theater, yeah, I did love it. I loved it. You're like
1: I loved it, as if to say, what other reaction could I possibly have to it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen more movies in the theater. I've probably seen at least like eight or nine. You know, since the pandemic, kind of things a been more relaxed. So I've seen a few more than you in the theater. So maybe I was just a bit more used to that environment, but I thought it was great. I think it's actually my second favorite Marvel movie after Black Panther. Okay. Which is, High you price. know, so again, higher than the Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was great. It's certainly one of my favorite movies I've seen so far this year. I think it was awesome. So I really do encourage people to see it, even if they think, Oh, I'm not going to really like it. I didn't like the second one. Do you have to have watched the other ones to enjoy this movie? Yes and no. I think the plot is relatively clear when you're watching it, like what the stakes are and what's going on. I don't think you necessarily have to. It certainly helps if you have, but if you're know, you going tagging along with some people and you weren't sure, I think you'll find it's still a good movie because it's, again, the emotions and the message I think is pretty universal. So now, based on that, the last few minutes, we're going to start a spoiler. So spoilers Now. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Am I allowed to? You can talk now. So what you can spoil it for people now who've seen the movie, who don't care about spoilers. What did you like specifically? About- the greatest thing about this film was Rocket's backstory. And again, I mean this
1: guy is getting me to sort of feel something for these hybrid, you know, mutated sort of animals. What is that a baby? seal or a baby walrus in a wheelchair or an otter an otter of course yeah yeah. i mean
0: and there's a how am
1: i connecting with this this is crazy this is like the brilliance of james gun and that story was so good and it was like i want more i want to see more of this and there were some complaints that you know the evil villain was not given enough time in this movie i can't remember the villain's name right now
0: the high evolutionary the
1: high evolutionary that's why Mm -hmm. i can't remember it Weird name. But I was like, that's okay. I think he got as much time as he needed and didn't need anything more because the beauty of this movie was that that origin story.
0: Yeah. I read that too. There's also another character called Adam Warlock who's, I almost feel like, why is this person in the movie? It's like such a minor role, but it was a fun little role in it. And I think everybody gets their own time, but it's really focused on Rocket, who spends most of the movie in a coma with his friends trying to help him. And then he's flashing back to this time. So, yeah, I loved it too. I thought it was amazing what they did. Again, these are all CGI creatures, but yet you feel so emotionally attached to what's going on, and it helps propel the story forward. I heard the same complaints about the high evolutionary. Some people are like, well, he wasn't a nuanced villain. But I'm like, he's not nuanced. He is doing genetic experiments on living creatures, yeah. you know, and torturing them. There's no nuance there. This guy, he thinks he's trying to, you know, the fo- make the evolution place. go yeah. forward, but he's clearly just a, a psychopath. So I think that's fine. You know, I think it was great acting. That actor is also in Peacemaker, which is and in the Suicide Squad movies as well. So he was great. So anyway, basically the spoiler is, of course, that the story does focus on Rocket Raccoon. while he's in a coma. Uh, that's right. And he does end up. Maybe coming
1: out of that coma?
0: Who knows? That's right. And perhaps he also figures out he actually is a raccoon at the end. Anyway, so everybody who hasn't seen it, who listened to the spoilers, definitely see it. And also let us know what you guys thought about this movie. Send us an email or a DM about that.
1: All right, let's kick this section off now, sweetie. Can I call you sweetie, Yossif? Because no. we both have sort of this connection to diet sodas. I hate the way they taste. You live For diet sodas, it runs through your. Yeah,
0: we would have opposite views on artificial sweeteners. You basically do not want them in your body. I would say. I would say say there's
1: a body thing, but honestly, if they tasted great, I would be like, all right, bring it on. But I do, I feel the, I taste (laughs) the artificiality and I'm like, I don't like this. And I don't drink soda on a a regular basis. So when I do have it, I want like a, I want a crisp, right, sweet. Ice cold Dr. Pepper. That's what I want. I don't want a diet version of that, right? So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a treat. It's a treat. Where you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you drink it sort of the way people would drink coffee. Diet Coke right. sort of like gives yeah, you a little exactly. energy. Yeah, if sort of you, you
0: guys, I don't drink coffee, just as an FYI to people. I know I'm in medicine. I don't drink coffee. But I have like... Two Coke Zero is actually what I prefer, okay? In case you guys want to buy me a Coke Zero sometime. I have two a day. So, you know, this is why I actually ended up moving, because I needed caffeine, you know, because of when I was working on call and all these things, when, especially during residency. But I didn't really like coffee, so I switched to this. And But if I had a regular Coke all the time, I'm like, well, that's not going to be good. So that was my rationale. That's how I moved into that. I never, before residency in medical school, I never drank my you know, I, I was like, "You have a pop every once in a while, but it wasn't something I'd consume all the time. So really it was for the caffeine, and then, of course, it becoming a caffeine addiction, which can be a separate episode. Oh, yes, it can. But you enjoy the taste of these diet drinks, obviously, too. I don't not like them. I don't know. Like I do find regular Coke or Pepsi is too sweet for me now. Like that, that's not, not that enjoyable for me to drink anymore. So what kind of I, I South Asian it. are you, dude? Huh? What kind I of brown know. guy are you?
1: All right. So let's talk about this article that came out about artificial sweeteners. And let's talk about what the maybe the prevailing views on artificial sweeteners are, right? There's a couple of broad things. One is that it's sort of better for you than sugar. It's a better alternative. I don't know if the word healthier comes up, but a better alternative because you're not well, getting that sugar in you. So yeah. by extension, mm-hmm. it's a healthier choice. And then of course it's been linked in our minds. Oh, sorry. There's three things, healthier alternative, there's weight loss, mm-hmm. and then there's also the dangers of aspartame and uh, you know this idea that there's rats or mice have been killed by aspartame. Yeah,
0: with cancer or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, there's many things. And the article you're referring to, we'll link to a couple of these things. But it was a WHO study that came out that basically this was like a couple of weeks ago. It came out, and so you, people might have heard about this. And Ali texted to me, he's like, "What's all this about?" I'm like, right. "That's an episode." <laughs> we uh... don't talk. I'm not going to tell you now no. on your text. I'll, I'll tell you, tell on, you the on a microphone.
1: WHO also had an article about <laughs> the next. COVID-type virus and how dangerous it's going to be. And I think that's probably one of the least read articles in all of society. And this was a good sort of substitute. Well, I'm not going to touch that one, but let's look into sweeteners. So that's right. yeah. And, uh,
0: so uh, yeah, yeah, so low-calorie sweeteners have basically no or few calories, but they have a higher intensity of sweetness than things like regular sugar or corn syrup. Can I
1: just, okay, when you say low-calorie sweeteners, that's the umbrella term for all of these aspartame, stevia. Basically, basically. Basically.
0: There's a few other ones we'll talk about that are similar, but yeah. Yeah, stevia is a bit different, but we'll group all these low-calorie sweeteners together and we talk about stevia. is slightly different. So we're talking, like these are all the ones that have... Sugar-free, which is fine, because that's a true statement, but diet, right? You, How many times have we mentioned the word Diet Coke just in this conversation, right? That's what they're trying to say, D- Diet Coke, right? Diet. this. Diet. Yeah. And then you're implying weight loss, right, by doing this. So this is where the controversy comes in. So the ones that we've heard about is aspartame, which is like equal or Nutra-Sweet or Sugar Twin. That's kind of the one we've heard about the most. There's asulfame. I don't know what that is. That's like sweet one. I've never heard of that. Maybe a US thing. Saccharin, which we've heard for years. That's sweet and low is saccharin. Sucralose is Splenda. If I ever get something uh, like an artificial sweetener, I usually get Splenda. There's also ones called Neotame, Adventame. Those ones I'm, I'm a bit less familiar with. And then Stevia is slightly different because those are steviol glycosides that you use for stevia it comes from a plant called the stevia plant which is south american uh-huh and basically we know that stevia is about 200 to 400 times sweeter than sugar so
1: okay so this is very interesting so i'm looking at this you know little chart here and aspartame 200 times sweeter than sugar when you compare the sweetness with sugar and then sucralose or the splenda 600 times sweeter than sugar. Right. But you exactly. also so just that's... said you find Coke and Pepsi too sweet. Too so sweet. What gives? I know. So it's
0: funny. I don't know. And I think it's, for me, I mean, this is just a subjective thing. I think, you know, I think objectively it's sweeter than sugar, but subjectively i don't know i just you know you could tell the difference between something that has real sugar in it like when you get something with cane sugar or something like that you could tell the difference than something that's made even with corn syrup versus one of these artificial sweet i can't right? sure i don't know if everybody can but i certainly can but i think we can and then there's also sugar alcohol so you've probably heard about these these have less calories than table sugar and they don't cause cavities, they don't cause a rise in blood sugar. So these things like sorbitol and xylitol, you might have seen these, you've seen them the most in sugar-free candies that are made especially for people for diabetes or in sugar-free gum, right? Now you've seen, that's the way you've seen xylitol probably, right? Now these sugar
1: alcohols, do you also find them in tequila and vodka And
0: I don't think so. I don't believe it's so. So, uh, so uh, they have no uh, alcohol
1: in them? This alcohol no, is removed, no, no, obviously.
0: no. Okay. No. Yeah, alcohol is just, it's just part of the chemical formula. Ethyl alcohol is the, or ethanol is the one that we drink. The other types of alcohol, like you don't get drunk with them. We put them in toothpaste. We put them in cough syrups to make cough syrup sweet, but not like sugar containing. Shout out to Buckley's. Yeah, there we go. No, no. I, I'm not sure if that has it, but it it it'll be something similar. I think you could use something. And then these ones can cause loose stools and diarrhea, but they are useful for people with diabetes. You know, if they want like a sugar substitute, like I said, sugar candies, you'll see this or, or chewing gums.
1: What did the WHO say about loose stool? I'm curious. About no, that. no, no. Not
0: about that <laughs> no.
1: Okay, all right. You don't like my questions. What did the WHO say about these LCSs? Is that what we're calling them? The low-calorie We can't sweeter? call them that.
0: I'm just going to call them low-calorie sweeteners. low Low-cal. Because I'll probably just, I'll just mess up the order. I'll call them LSCs and, oh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Excellent. right? No? <laughs> Too sweet. Too sweet, that church. <laughs> That's right. They are sweet. Actually, maybe Chris Pratt knows about that. Okay. Whew. Okay, back to this. So, okay. What they said was... They do not help with weight control in the long term. So people to actually help themselves should just overall reduce their sugar intake. So reduce adding sugar to things and consume food with naturally occurring sugars like fruit, right? As opposed to like uh, taking things with extra sugar in them. And these natural sweeteners have no nutritional value and really just overall reducing the sweetness in your life, right? Right. The sugar in your life, that's how what you should do. And the recommendation very importantly applies to everybody except people who have diabetes, right? Because diabetes is a different situation where you probably actually should be really limiting your sugar intake and using these artificial sweeteners or those sugar alcohols more, right?
1: So, I mean, you know, there would be a case if somebody was, you know, litigiously minded, there would be a case to say because of... Diet Coke, diet Pepsi, right? As you said, that word diet has been incredibly misleading and people have in the process. Right.
0: But this is where the devil's in the details, Ali. So we're going to go into a bit of detail of how they came up with this, you know, summary statement. So they looked at a bunch of studies. So 50 of these were randomized trials. So you recall from our previous episodes, randomized trials are the most strict kind of evidence because you take a group of people who are otherwise equivalent groups and you give one of them in this case maybe a placebo or regular sugar and you give one people one group of people a low calorie sweetener right and you keep everything else constant and you compare what happens with those people okay and then 97 of the studies were prospective cohort studies so that's when you look for a risk factor in a large group of people over time okay and see how it impacts their outcome so their you know chance of losing weight for example is an outcome and you don't make any other interventions or changes. You just kind of see what happens over time. And case control is an observational study that compares two groups of otherwise matched people, but you don't randomize them to every group. You're talking, okay, let's look at a group of people who consumes low-calorie sweeteners over time. Let's look at a group who does not and look at their weight over time, okay? Those latter two types of studies, prospective and case control, are not as strong as a randomized trial, okay? So... Now when you look at these, the randomized trials, which is the best quality of evidence, actually did see people who use artificial sweeteners had a slightly lower weight. Come on! But the average was 0.71 kilograms, which is... Not really a lot, right? That's like one and a half pounds. But it's right? controlled, so, so you can't
1: say that could be because of their lifestyle, that could be because of other things. Is that right?
0: right. So you can already see the artificial sweeter companies are like, well, you're basing this on bad evidence, because the best evidence studies actually say we do cause you to lose weight. Now, do we really you think sound that like one of those companies? right now, I'm just telling you what they're gonna say. They've already said it, you know. But if you look at the other studies, like so the cohort studies. Artificial sweeteners were associated with a higher body mass index Ooh. and a 76% increased likelihood of having obesity. Me
1: like those studies. Down with the
0: sweeteners. And there was an increased risk of diabetes and developing type oh, okay. 2 diabetes. Okay. So, and some studies even found an increased risk of cardiovascular disease and death. Okay. Quite a, quite a range between those studies. Very, very right. Different. So the question is, why is that the case? Why would that be the case? Okay, so- there's different ideas. So one thought may be, okay, if it is really causing weight gain, increased risk of diabetes, increased risk of cardiovascular disease and death, you know, our brain responds to sweetness signals with a desire to eat more food, right? And so by providing a sweet taste with any calories, these sweeteners may be causing us to crave more sweet foods and drinks, which can yeah, add up to more calories, right? Which is kind of, I think, one of your, I think that makes sense to you. Yeah, probably, sure it does. Right? Sure. I think you've, you've thought that, You, I think you've even told me that, oh, isn't this just going to make you want to have something? Because you think you're getting nutrition, but you're not, because there's zero calories. Sounds here. just like me. Exactly. And I tell you, shut up, man. Sweeters gummy bears Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so- it's also possible, what about this situation where, let's just take me for example. I know based on my family history, I'm at an increased risk of developing diabetes. So what I should probably do is switch to- Stevia. Stevia or aspartame or whatever, right? Splenda. And, and I'll put that. So that way, instead of like increasing my sugar, I'll decrease it. But I'm already at risk for it because the whole reason I did it was because I have a family history of diabetes, heart disease, etc. Right. So, and that's the type of thing you can't control for. Right. And this is something called reverse causation. Right. So, again, people who are pre diabetes start drinking these beverages to try to help control their blood sugar. And then they get diabetes. And you think that was the cause. Well, it may not be the cause. So, that's just one example of why you can't necessarily infer, infer that. Right? It's a good
1: time to remind people that there's also this other drink called water that exists. I just, exactly. I'm so, not sponsored by Big Water or anything, but I do have a lot of, like, as a Pakistani, you know, as a South Asian. There's like, your options are Coke or diet Coke. And if you go, I'll just, no, uh, exactly. auntie, I'll just have a glass of water. There's like shock and horror that sometimes appears yeah, in people's it, eyes.
0: Totally. And I do find, I think Ali and I have spoken about this offline is sometimes you think you're hungry and you're actually thirsty, right? The best thing you can do if you're feeling hungry is down like, you know, a couple sure. full glasses of water. Right. And then really see, was that it? Cause you're like, oh yeah, actually, you know, cause sometimes you're craving something and you go to the pantry, you're looking around like, no, actually I'm just thirsty. Just drink some water, right? So I totally agree with you on that for sure. And so the question then is, what you don't want people to say is, okay, so I'm just going to go back to having regular Coke then right? That is not the message that the WHO is trying to convey, right? They're trying to say, just lower the amount of sugar overall.
1: Right. and Tell me about this, what do you want to call it, a prevailing notion or conventional thought that uh, aspartame also caused these cancers and had these effects on-
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about aspartame in a second, because the main one was saccharin, which has been around for longer, right? And saccharin, so this was- there was this study, which was the Saccharin Study and Labeling Act of 1977 where the FDA, based on their review of some evidence, wanted saccharin-containing products to have a, this could be hazardous to your health type label on it, right? Because it could cause cancer in laboratory animals. And this is, I've heard of this for years because not just you, other people, well, you, artificial sweeteners, as you know, they cause cancer, right? right? but why did well, the FDA
1: want that? What was the FDA going on
0: Exactly, with? exactly. By the way, I'll tell you guys a really good rule of thumb. There's so many class action lawsuits out there. If something was convincingly proven to cause cancer or cause anything, there would be lawsuits about it right like that's why you always see ads on tv on usually on like cable news shows on the weekend about mesothelioma right if you have mesothelioma because it's clearly caused by asbestos and asbestos mining like that is the number one cause of it so if you were exposed to that in your workplace you have a lawsuit on your hands because it's clearly shown but also if you've seen those
1: commercials you probably need to go to bed right That's, that's, that's a very late night
0: Oh, you know what? I meant Sunday afternoon. Oh, is it? Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah. But I didn't think I said late night news shows. But anyway, whatever. Let's move on. So, okay. You're asking me the question about this cancer connection. Okay. So basically they looked at 20 studies of laboratory rats given high doses of saccharin. Okay. Lab rats, not humans. And none of them had an increase in bladder cancer except for one rat type, which is bred to have a higher incidence of bladder infection, because that's what it's bred for. So you could use it in experiments to test out bladder infections, risk of bladder cancer, etc. So that was it. And that was the only study that suggested that. So lab rats, one strain of rats, the other rats didn't get it. So, so the eventually FDA in was going off
1: of that study- Exactly. And so, society in general still remembers this thing from the late '70s. Exactly,
0: really? exactly. Because again, this is what's publicized, right? So, in 2000, saccharin warning labels were removed. In 2001, it was declared safe for consumption. And 2010, the EPA in the states, the Environmental Protection Agency, said it's not considered a hazard to human health. Again, listen, I'm not dumb. I know there was probably years of lobbying going on, right? By the so I was just about to leader. say that.
1: I was, uh, yeah, exactly.
0: But you were asking me about aspartame, right? So I was kind of taking a digression there. So there was a suggestion about an increased rate of brain tumors, but it basically... Large studies with looked at this did not find this correlation. A small study which suggested that maybe there's an increased rate of people who have, as areas have increased rates of having low-calorie sweeteners like aspartame, they have increases of brain tumors. But they didn't actually look into whether people who have brain tumors had increased ingestion of aspartame. So that's why bigger studies really kind of found that that wasn't really the case. So sucralose, there's no evidence for neotame and adventame, there wasn't. But there was a more recent study called the Neutronet-Sante study, I believe done in France, Sante. And they looked at cancer incidence for 100,000 adults and they also reviewed the dietary records, and they estimated the artificial sweeteners from them, and they followed them up for about eight years. So a pretty large study, and they did find that people who consumed artificial sweeteners were more likely to develop cancer than those who didn't consume artificial sweeteners. But the amount was about 1.13 times more likely. So, you know... That's not really a lot. It's a slight increase over the baseline it's population. It's not good for your santé, I'll tell you that much. There we go. And so, but again, and, and they even controlled for obesity, right? Because there's some cancers are very linked to obesity. We talked about breast cancer before, ovarian cancer. These ones are linked to obesity. So they factored that in and they said, no, even if you factor that in, that wasn't it. But it's still, again, these are just what we call epidemiological cohort studies. So you still can't say, again, maybe these people who had artificial sweeteners, the rest of their lives were unhealthy, right? They had many risk factors. They smoked, they drank, they had a sedentary lifestyle lifestyle. They had a family history of cancer. They're like, well, the only thing I can do is maybe convert to artificial sweeteners, right? We don't know if that's what happened. So I think that study maybe suggests that there may be something there, but like most of the big studies have said that there's no risk. So Overall, and this is what the WHO said, that there is no convincing evidence that uh, artificial sweeteners are associated with differences in overall cancer rates or premature death from cancer.
1: So it was really about the weight loss and not about anything else. But I will say, you know, I listened listened to somebody recently talking about how his vision is of, you know, these companies that make ultra refined foods, you know what I'm talking about, stuff that's not really food, Mm -hmm. that we should be holding them accountable by obliging them to put labels on the food, warning labels, you know, akin to what cigarette companies started doing decades ago or were forced to do. And I think from my perspective, it's like, just so the takeaway here for our listeners isn't like, oh, have a Diet Coke, it's not a big deal. I think it's like genetically, I don't think we're designed to take in a regular soda like You know, the same guy was saying, if you took the sugar that's in a Coke and you poured that sugar onto a plate, that amount of, you know, if you saw it, right, you would never eat that much sugar. You just never do it. But it's disguised in Coke as though it's fine. But then all these sweeteners, the key word being artificial, this is not stuff that we are genetic. You know, if I look at my friends, South Asian and West Indian, and so many of them have lactose intolerance, genetically their parents and grandparents weren't, you know, just, they just, their bodies weren't. Ever, they never got used to having milk. I think, you know, I can probably say the same thing for all of these low calorie sweeteners.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think people should minimize these for sure, especially because if you try to use them for weight loss, there's laws suggesting that it doesn't work. But more importantly, like we said, just decrease your overall amount of sugar, especially with ultra refined foods, right? As the WHO says, if you're going to consume sugar, just consume it with naturally occurring sugars like fruit so you know what this means an apple a day yes.
1: keeps of doja away and we should probably wrap up because I'm sure all this talk about artificial sweeteners has got you thinking about opening a Diet Coke right now and I don't want to I just you. had one before the you had one before the podcast okay
0: That's our episode for today. Let us know what you guys thought about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Reach out to us. Also, let us know what you guys thought about artificial sweeteners. Do you use them? Do you not use them? What did you think about the WHO statement and their study that was done? Reach out to us, Dr. V Comedian, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are everywhere. Comedian at gmail.com. Ali, do you got anything going on for June? We're talking June We're talking June.
1: What do I got? I'm going to be, you know, a little bit of here and a little bit of there. But, you know, I'm going to zig and I'm going to zag. But mostly staying put, we are filming sort of in June. And for those of you who don't know the show, sort of, we had Bilal Baig, who is the lead character, Sabi, on this show. And this show is a Peabody award-winning show. Fantastic. We're filming season three, which is why I have to grow in a mustache and channel some real acting. No more mailing it okay. in, obviously. We're gonna have to do some real acting well, there, this month. Yeah. So that's what I'm focusing.
0: Yeah, exciting. And remember that although I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. Medical issues we talk about it for your interest and information only, and they're not medical advice. Please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.